Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, Gluttoneers. Hello. Hello, Gluttoneers. Hello, Becca. Hello, Gretchen. Welcome to the homestead. We are kicking off a really fun one today. This is a big adventure for us. It's a a revisited adventure, let's call it. Further explored territory. Level two. As we are calling back to consumption, part two. (laughs) I forgot that was... (laughs) I'm so glad you did that. (laughs) And if you've done your homework because we re-released the episode Consumption Part 2 prior to this recording, you'll know that we talk a lot about cannabis edibles. So we are finally doing Canna Butter as part of the podcast. Huzzah! What? What? (laughs) Huzzah indeed. Finally, finally, finally. It's totally different circumstances than when we were doing Consumption Part 2. Gretchen had made edible cookie dough or uh, uh, cannabis butter cookie dough, but I was in a teeny tiny apartment in Salt Lake where I was terrified of people finding out that I was using cannabis at all. It wasn't even a thought to make it. And now I have made it. Uh, Spoiler alert. We did already make it. And we're going to get into all of that in a little bit, but we're too excited. We had to tell you immediately what is going on with we're making can of butter. We're revisiting consumption part two. It is so exciting. So exciting. And making edible cookie dough. Oh. So excitement three times. <laughs> well, four, two, if you consider we're going to use that cookie dough in our next recording I to know. put an ice cream. Ah! Wild <laughs> mixins and ice creams. I have really never done a lot with like mixing things in. So I'm, I'm excited to experiment with the mixing in, but we'll get into that next episode. We're too excited. Okay. Yeah. Let's back it up. What are you drinking right now? What are you smoking? Let's settle in. Let's get ready for our cocktail hour. So since we're focusing on not smoking today, although we are actually smoking <laughs> while we focus on the not smoking, I'm having some bullet rye whiskey. So that is my drink of choice, a little smoky drink action. Uh, what are you having? Coincidentally, the same thing. It is bullet whiskey, but I had been looking for my Buffalo Trace and I couldn't, I, I'm out, I think. So I am sipping on this, which is a perfectly fine, perfectly fine little 11 o'clock in the morning beverage. <laughs> yeah, we drink before noon here. We also get high before noon. So yeah, no rules. No rules. (laughs) No rules. And what are you smoking? I recently was able to find my Pure Beauty hybrid mini joints again, which I had enjoyed in the past. And so I've got a little box of those. And this set seems to be a very nice, mild cannabis for me that I, I like to enjoy. And I have already smoked some high CBD hemp flour trying to keep things in balance today with uh, the smoking. I'm, I'm smoking something I love. So what are you smoking? Mm, that sounds good. I love those little joints. So little and cute. And you got a fancy holder. And I got my 
Christmas present that was sent to me by Becca, which is the naked lady uh, joint <laughs> holder. What do they call these? Cigarette holder? I mean, it would be a cigarette holder if you smoke cigarette, but joint holder. So it's, it's quite nice. I like my little my little thing. I do worry about it because I'm like, it's so delicate. <laughs> but it's, be- it's beautiful and I do love it. It looks fancy. I it looks fancy. It's, it's enticing. Fancy. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I am smoking a plain old boring pipe <laughs> by comparison. No, it's fun though. And I am smoking some orange daiquiri from Anthology. It's got mm-hmm. lemonine as its most dominant terpene and then caryophylline and humulene. Got 26% THC and no CBD. So I don't, I might go add some of that uh, sites high that we have to my next batch of flour that's going in my pipe. But I want some CBD. Like you're saying, trying to find that more balance. I've been wanting to add more CBD into my like daily life. So I don't know. I like the drinks. I like the CBD only drinks. I like kind of having that as a supplement. So we'll see. Maybe I'll tool around and find something. I did finally today, speaking of, or this week, not today, this week, order my hemp plants, my high CBD hemp plants. And I'm getting three to plant outside so I can finally grow some of my own high CBD hemp. I'm very excited. I have four other plants going right now and I've been doing some cloning. So I'll definitely clone some of the high CBD hemp too, once it gets here. And just so that I can get a good stock going and Hopefully this next time I make can of butter, I'll have a nice supply of, uh, you know, both THC laden and CBD laden flour to put into it because I was a little short. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited about getting some plants. So I'll be able to send you some because hemp flour, I can just ship it to you. It's not illegal to ship. So I can definitely hook you up once my plants are grown in the fall. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. And I'm so excited to learn about how this growing process works. And I mean, we've already talked about how it works, but just like, I can't wait for your status updates. And then yeah, to get some, that's so exciting. Ah! Can I, can I quickly share? Shoot. I forgot ah. to start the timer. Uh, quickly share. The one thing I learned that was that I might've already talked about this in another episode, but <laughs> that I learned this year that I was like, fucking duh that I was probably transplanting my plants outside too early because once like it kicks over into a flowering stage, it can't grow anymore. And so last year, the reason my plants are so fucking tiny was because I tried to move them outside really early. And that was a terrible idea. That is good to know because we could not figure out why last year your plants were so small. So finally, finally, a little bit of closure on that great mystery from 2021. Yeah. It was (laughs) kicking myself. It's like, good Lord, how could I have not, I've been growing pot long enough to know I should know that I should know that. (laughs) And like, just goes to show that life is a learning process. Yeah. Learn a little bit every year, but glad to know that now. So my, my beautiful, they are already sort of large. They should grow a little bit more before they go kick over to flowering. And I'm very excited because I have that nice plant that my friend Tamara gave me and a few homegrown thing babies. So it's all very exciting. Anyway. Yay! Yay. Yay. Oh my gosh. So exciting. And then can of butter for everyone after I have a huge, <laughs> amazing harvest. Hi, gluttony can of butter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So should we get into this? Let's, should we talk about why we're even making can of butter and 
what is happening here? Like, what are we doing? Well, I think the only reason you hadn't made it before was you are always renting and now you're a homeowner. So you feel much more comfortable about doing it in your own home because you're like, everybody can fuck the fuck off because... (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's I my pay house. a lot of money for this now. Yeah, <laughs> I do what I want. Exactly. I also think it's partly because you now have the storage space to get a magical butter machine. Which, oh my gosh, what is what are what are your first thoughts about the? Ma- Let's talk a little bit about the magical butter machine, just so that I can get your thoughts on having one yourself now. Okay, so I'm gonna back it up a quick second. When Gretchen and I were first talking about making this, we were talking through the options of using a magical butter machine, which she has, and I didn't have at the time. And I was saying, I really want to make it in an authentic way. I want to like do it myself. And then she told me the steps and it's like two to four hours or something standing over yeah. a stovetop, just stir- like, no, make- I- well, okay. <laughs> dramatized, dramatized version, standing over a stovetop for four hours, making sure this butter doesn't get over a certain temperature. And so I was like, no, I cannot even think about doing something that takes that much time. I cannot think about being, I can't, I can't, my brain just stopped it shut down. So instead I was like, I will buy a magical butter machine so that we can do this together. And this is not an ad for the magical butter butter machine, but we obviously used it. So it's like, we're going to talk about it a lot. I was hesitant to recommend buying the magical butter machine because it is mm-hmm. one of those things where I'm like, it's an investment because it's like mm-hmm. almost $200 or thereabouts yeah. to get the full package. And they do send you, again, this is not an ad, but please, magical butter machine, sponsor our <laughs> podcast. We love you. We love you. And we will just talk effusively about your product for the next 10 minutes, at least. So in the package you get, it's a magical butter machine itself. And then they send you a nice filter and a, a heat-proof glove that goes with the filter so that you can squeeze out the hot stuff comfortably. So you get those, those things. They also send you some cheesy cookbooks, you know, the kind that come with every appliance that you've ever bought. It's like, here's our recipes. And you're like, okay, great. Now I just have this weird book that I'm never going to use. <laughs> and then it comes with an instruction manual. So you'll, you'll learn how to use it. But it really does make the butter process so much easier. So it's not something that everybody is going to want to buy. But if you love making your own edibles, making tixtures, anything like that, it is a good investment. So I wasn't sure if you were going to want to go in for that package. I was like, no, no, no. It's really not that hard to make it on your own without the magical butter machine, especially if you're only doing it like once or twice a year. Other homegrown ways are fine. So I'm not saying everybody should buy one, but it is pretty fucking awesome. Agreed. I think in another time, I probably wouldn't have bought it. And I probably would have made it on the stovetop. But, you know, things are a mess. Everything is a mess. And so I just not have time, emotional time, mental time. So I agree. I'm totally with you. It made it super easy. And that's exactly what I wanted. And it was pricey. And I am glad I have it. Lots of thoughts about this. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. Super glad, super glad. It was super easy, like Gretchen said. I think cleaning was the hardest part, which you'd also warned me of. And that was like, now we got to do this. But it is the the one drawback. They do advertise that has sort of a self-cleaning cycle, which I'm not sure I think is 
worth using. I hadn't done this in a while. So I was like, yeah, I, I remember that it doesn't really do like, it's not going to be clean enough to put away after running this cycle. Just, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I ended up having to re-clean all my stuff this morning because when I was high last night, I did not clean it as well as I should have. <laughs> so yeah. So we're fans. We're going to mention fans. it. And if you don't have it, that's totally, totally fine too. Can we talk a little bit about why making can of butter is a good thing and the the sort of like whole flour aspect of the experience? Well, of course. I think the number one top reason that I would say for most people now, not necessarily in my case, because I'm a lightweight and I don't need that much absorption, but you do end up getting 35% of the THC when you consume it. It's much more usable to your body in an edible form. So that's got to be number one reason why doing edibles is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And as a refresher, you, like Gretchen said, our consumption series part two has a lot more info on this. It's maybe a little scattered. We've maybe learned a lot since then, but (laughs) it's a great resource. And one of the things we learned in there is kind of what cannabinoids are in general and what we say when we refer to like the whole flower and why that's good to not isolate just certain components of it is that cannabinoids are your THC, CBD, terpenes, like lemonine, myrcene, linalool, several, several others. These are responsible for the effects, the aroma, and the flavors that you experience and enjoy when you're consuming cannabis. And even more importantly, they're activators of our own endocannabinoid system. And so that's what's responding inside our bodies to everything that's going on inside the flower. Absolutely check out consumption part two, because we explain a lot more of how that is synergistic and how our bodies just kind of like naturally respond really well to these things. Want to set that expectation. And then Gretchen, can you tell me like a little bit about what the difference is between THC and CBD? The THC, which is the psychoactive, which is, you know, let's be honest, the more fun side. (laughs) It's what they were really looking, yeah, it's what they were really looking for in the seventies. That's all they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. The THC side of things. Now that we know about CBD, which is the more relaxing part, it really like is kind of amazing. I'm coming to learn I was very wrong about the CBD and I shouldn't have hated on it so hard. It's good for your immune system. It does whatever it's supposed to do. (laughs) I think in a case of somebody like me where I have an overactive one, it helps calm down that overactive immune system so that I don't have as much pain or as much swelling. It just sort of works to balance that THC, but that's why we do the the cannabis. Yeah, they work really well together. And then together, they work really well with our bodies. And the more we learn, the more we, I think you and I both just are more and more amazed every time we do one of these like can quests at, at the research that's being done and the knowledge that's being gained and how you can really drill in and make it a medicine that works for you. And I don't know of a lot of other medicines like that. So it's pretty intriguing. And then what happens is we kept talking about the magical butter machine and that's kind of like part two of this process. And part one is what's called decarboxylation. And we've talked about that before. We definitely talked about it in the consumption series, but Gretchen, can you give me a refresher of what's happening when, like, what's the process and then what's happening to the flower 
when it's baking, decarbing. Okay. We start the process, at least recommended by the owner's manual of the magical butter machine. (laughs) So step one, to prepare your cannabis for decarboxylation, you need to trim out any stems or anything that you don't want going into your butter. Mostly that's a thick stem. Uh, The magical butter machine can't handle it, but you don't need to trim it down like super fine or grind it up. You will find not magical butter recipes, just cannabis butter recipes where they recommend grinding, finely grinding the cannabis first, then decarboxylating it. So it's just a question of what your method is because the magical butter machine grinds at the same time, you don't have to do quite as much prep. So I've been able to get rid of my pot grinder that I used to use when I made butter and just have to trim down to those nice fat butts. Then you are going to preheat your oven to 250 degrees and you want to put your, as they put it in the magical butter manual, your botanicals. Yeah, Gretchen pointed that out to me. It says you cannot use commercial herbs. It has yeah. to be like very high quality. Very high quality, <laughs> quality, rare and special. <laughs> gotta be special. Well noted, magical butter owner guide. And you are going to put that matter onto a baking dish. I have the magical butter machine decarb box, which it actually is a silicone container that you can just put your stuff in and put it in the oven. I line it with parchment paper, just because even though it's silicone, the little bits will stick to the sides in that silicone. So I always find that it's actually a little bit better to align that with parchment. But if you just have like a sheet tray or a baking dish, vessel doesn't really matter here, just as long as you could get your cannabis into one layer on in that dish. And then you are going to put that in your preheated oven and let it cook for about 30 minutes. You also want to cover it with tin foil, some sort of lid, an oven safe lid. So you could even put it like into a Dutch oven or something and just put the lid on. That might be a good mm-hmm. substitute for the decarb box. Just That's an idea. And just a quick insertion. I did do mine on a baking tray with parchment under it. And then a, then like try to make them as evenly sized and spaced as possible, but it's a little hard to do. And then foil on top. Yeah. I wish I'd had the Dutch oven idea earlier, but next time. We can do, we can do this all the time now. <laughs> we can Forever. try so many times. Forever. Yay. <laughs> Oh my God. So you toast your botanical matter and then you get it out of the oven after 30 minutes and you're going to let it sit with the cover on just so that any of the aromatics that have come out can kind of concentrate back into the, you know, at least some of them might land on the weed or go back into the weed. I don't really know how it works, but you're going to be able to retain, I'm assuming mostly the aromatic components is what it's talking about. That's usually what it's released first. And so what you want to do is give the opportunity for that to absorb some of that back in after it cools. And so once that's cooled, you need at least two cups of material. So we use whole butter for ours this time. Per cup of oil or butter, whatever material you're working with, you want quarter of an ounce to half an ounce per cup. If you're using the magical butter machine, you are limited to having to do a minimum of two cups. So this is also for people who are doing volume. Because if you're doing at least two to five cups, you're great in the magic butter machine. Got to do more than five cups, then, well, you're fucked, but. That's a lot. So. It's a lot. That's a lot. You're, I've never done a batch commercial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and so you have to have your 
butter, if you're using solid butter, it needs to be softened. Most other oils, you're just going to put the oil straight in there. They actually recommend using clarified butter. I have heard that as a thing, but it's just about personal preference. Could you use ghee? Yep. Because okay. ghee is clarified butter, basically. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, just special, super special clarified butter. As we learned. So you need to keep that mixture at anywhere from 160 to 200 degrees. If you're doing it on, like on a stove top, that's when you're going to have to be monitoring, taking temperatures, just making sure that it's not getting any higher than 200 degrees. And like, if you start by using a thermometer and then you get a good idea of what 200-ish degrees looks like, then you can kind of not worry as much because you'll have that natural knowledge of when to make sure you're adjusting your heat. As Becca said, she was very concerned about like having to monitor that and as part of, <laughs> and then letting it cook for four hours on the stovetop and having to monitor it and then do shit after that. Like, Ugh. sounded like too Nightmare. much for you. Nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> nightmare. On a Friday? Are you joking? Yeah, right. especially on a Friday. <laughs> before we record. So if you're using the magical butter machine, it grinds it up, stirs it every so often. So every so often you just, it just goes and spins it around and moves things around. Freaks your pets out. Yep. (laughs) Moose was very (laughs) concerned about what was happening with that yesterday. (laughs) It was stressful. So once you're done cooking, And you've reached your sort of desired stopping point because I guess theoretically you could also do a double infusion if you wanted like you infuse the same butter again, but I don't know about like uptake as far as how much it could up actually like accept before it's like, no, I can't take any more THC. (laughs) You'll want to strain that through as fine a strainer as you can. So if you don't have like a fine filter, just go look for like hash filters and stuff, something along that line. Yeah. You're just going to use something to squeeze out as much of the, the butter as you can. And then you can put it into small containers. In the consumption episode, I recommended like getting a a tray that had like small little portions. So you could do like a tablespoon in each one. And that makes it really easy for like, if you want to have butter that you can use on the daily for everything or half cups are also good. So basically a stick of butter's worth in a jar works really nicely as well, depending on how much you need for whatever recipe. So I've always done some little ones and then like a big thing, but now I have the magical butter butter tray. I can actually have sticks of magical butter in my freezer. I love it. And you could make, once you get your hemp ready, you could make just hemp ones. And Mm -hmm. like you said, use that all the time. Just make that your baseline. That was super helpful. Now I have an understanding. I mean, we've already done this, but it is a good reminder of that process start to finish, whether you're doing it in the butter machine or whether you're doing it on the stovetop. You're just, the, the, the heating process is to act, do that first activation. So I've mentioned a very specific process and like you have to get it to this temperature. You can disregard all that to a certain extent. The reason you want to keep it at those certain temperatures is because you want to preserve the different parts of the plant. The cookbooks and various cannabis stuff that's come out in the last few years, they've gotten a lot more specific about that because really you can just like let the butter cook. Like I've made plenty of pot butter in my life without paying this much attention to each of the individual steps. I've cooked it at higher temperatures in the oven. I've let it cook on the stove over three days, turning it off and letting it cool completely and then turning it back on and then turning it off and then like cool completely (laughs) and then turning it back on. Like I've done all the different things. 
And they all work to a certain extent. But if you want to preserve some of the phytonutrients, you have to keep the temperatures lower. So that's why you're toasting it in like 250 degree oven. That's why you're trying to keep it under boil because you want to keep those things from volatilizing and just getting the fuck out of there. These recommendations are only if you want to keep that whole flower structure that we keep talking about. Right. But if you don't care as much, if you're just not that into it, you just want to get high, you don't have to be as like intense about following these more nitpicky things. I'm just putting it out there because really all you need to do is you got to activate that THC. When it's in the oven, it's activating. And then when it's mixing with the butter, that temperature control is important to keep everything intact as much as possible. But then how is it getting from the cannabis into the butter? Because then you strain it later. So what's happening on the stovetop there? We go over a lot in the CannaQuest about how THC is a hydrophobic molecule. And so what you're giving it time to do is those little THCs are kind of attracted to those fat molecules and they go, Ooh, I like the look of you. I'm going to go hang out with you and leave the the botanical material. And so that's that process. That gentle heating helps that process of the THC kind of migrating out of the cannabis plant material. Okay. Okay. And my understanding then is you use butter or I guess you can use oil, kind of anything. Butters, Mm -hmm. we love butter and fatty, fatty fatty. substances. Yeah. So something fatty is most important there, right? So it's binding to that Yeah. The grinding just helps you get those, like the smaller, the pieces, the easier the extraction. So that's the point of like grinding or like prior to doing your infusion, if you're not blessed with something like the magical butter machine or, you know, grinding it up beforehand, if you are just making it in a crock pot, because you can make it a crock pot. Like there's lots of different ways to make cannabis butter. Look to the internet and it will tell you so many things. (laughs) (laughs) And I've done most of them. (laughs) Yes. And Gretchen's done some kind of Gretchenist experiment with every one of them. I did some decarboxylation via the sous vide one time. And I don't think I liked the results as much because it really concentrated like the vegetative, like qualities in the plant. Now I'm sure there are people out there that would like that, but it was not for me. So I'm, I'm strictly a oven person. <laughs> I want toasted. Yeah. I don't like sous vide, but we can talk about that another time. Okay. I totally understand. Start to finish now. What happened for us? What is happening in general? And you had already said that one of the benefits of consuming cannabis this way as a, as an edible or as something kind of digested is that the absorption rate of all of those cannabinoids and phytonutrients and all of the things that you really want that are going to make you feel good and make you feel whatever you want to feel that's, that's getting absorbed at a much higher rate than if you were smoking. Right. Yes. Much higher rate. The high lasts longer usually as in the case of what I last made edibles and accidentally <laughs> ate too many, the effects can be quite long lasting. This says three to 12 hours. And I was definitely high for like 24. So, and I've had people that were like, I was high for three days. So remember that people, because you can buy high for a long fucking time. Or it's an advantage because you're like, I can be high for a long fucking time. <laughs> you be. <So>. Yeah. <laughs> But let's, warning, warning, you can get way too high on edibles. It is not that hard. 
And it'll be too late when you yeah. know it. <laughs> yep. Way, way too late. We're not experts. And that is probably a good point to make in general that your body's going to respond depending on a lot of different circumstances, including how hydrated you are, if you've had food, and just in general, how your body kind of responds to stimulation or relaxation, whatever. Just bear that in mind. Tread lightly, tread slowly. Yep. Slow and slow. As always, we, we highly recommend that if you start to go down a dark path of being too high, phone a friend, always an option. Eat something sweet and sugary because it uh, could be related to the fact that the THC might be dropping your blood sugar. So don't forget that this is a possible side effect. So eating something to bring your blood sugar back up is always a good idea. Black pepper, which I think kind of works. It seems to have worked sometime. Uh, Either just smelling black pepper or chewing on a peppercorn can help lessen the effects of the THC. So these are some practices that we've found effective. There might be others out there, but we have not reviewed them. You're on your own. (laughs) Good luck. And we did say this up front too, but just as a reminder, CBD will help. So if you have it, or if you're planning on taking edibles of unknown source, get that CBD just ready. Just ready. (laughs) Just, Just have it side by side or take it before. Just be sure you're ready and you got this. And we yeah. got this and we I made this. mine really strong. <laughs> All that being said, I made mine super strong. I think, I, I don't know. I hope. <laughs> so I ended up only having 0.4 of an ounce. So not even like, it was like, it was really trying to get to a half for my two cups, but I couldn't, couldn't get there with what I've got in house right now if, without getting rid of everything I need to want to have smoke. And plus I don't want to mix strains too much. Totally. I used an ounce and. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Three quarters of it, three quarters of it was the same. Mm-hmm. And that's what I took. I taken a picture and sent it to Gretchen and said, what do you think about this? And she said, that's, that would be good or mild. I think you said. And so I added another quarter <laughs> and that was a different strain, but it had pretty similar profiles. So I thought that should be that fine. Would be okay. Yeah. I used the last of my Jilly Bean and I, that was like not even a quarter of an ounce. So my butter is actually on the the softer side, but that's better for me anyway, but it's really up to you. There's a recommendation, but it did say, you know, adjust botanicals to your pleasure. Take it all with a grain of salt. With a grain of weed. Yep. A grain of weed. I feel really good about where we've come since we did consumption part two, what we've learned and how we're able to put it into motion now for both of us together. This is so exciting. Speaking of putting it in motion, we're making cookie dough with it because fuck yeah. Why not? Fuck yeah. Cookie dough. Why not? We're not making cookies. Cookie dough. Edible cookie dough. Cookies, but edible cookie dough. No eggs. Yeah. No eggs. Yeah. This is adapted from the America's Test Kitchen individual portion of edible cookie dough. So cookie dough, you can just eat without having to make cookies and no eggs. So no salmonella danger. Love it. Do you want to go through our ingredient lists today? Yes. And then could you talk me through the steps? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. We will use one cup of all-purpose flour 
one total stick of unsalted butter, and that's going to be half can of butter, half plain butter, one half cup packed brown sugar, one tablespoon of mini chocolate chips. I'm not doing this. Are you doing this? I'm actually using sprinkles. I did look at mini chocolate chips at the grocery store, but I was like, I don't need that many. That um, many, many. Yeah. And that's actually for the individual portion. So you can put in as many as you like. Whenever you're comfortable with the fillings, I say stop. <laughs> okay. I, I'd probably use more than a tablespoon, even if I was in. <laughs> even if it was one. For, yeah. For one portion. Yeah. I'd be like half a cup sprinkles. I really <laughs> just want like sprinkles held together by cookie dough. <laughs> We're going to freeze this. And I don't like frozen chocolate chips. I don't mm. want to bite into it. So three tablespoons milk one teaspoon vanilla extract, and one pinch of table or sea salt. I'm surprised you even let table appear on this document. That that was America's Test Kitchen. So, you know. <laughs> we know I'm Gretchen not... would say, only at the table for the table yeah. salt. <laughs> it's not my rule. It's not like, that's my, not, it's not me. That's legit. I know, I know. <laughs> so sorry. Okay, what are we going to do with all those ingredients and the butter we've already made? So we are going to, we need to toast our flour. So first thing is we're going to preheat our oven to 250 degrees. And we've already done that. And we are going to toast our flour. Just need to toast it for like five minutes because your flour is a raw product. And so as a result, as a product that is intended to be cooked, it can convey foodborne illness. To be on the safe side, it is good to toast your flour in this application because you just want to be able to eat this cookie dough. So we're going to do ours in the oven until it starts to smell toasty. Find out live on air how long it takes. Once that's toasted, we'll remove it from the oven and let it cool completely. Then we will start by beating our sugar with our butter. Then we stir in the rest of the ingredients and eat it. It's so easy. It's so easy. And we will freeze some to use next. In the next recording, in the next episode with yes. the ice cream. So we'll make little little bites or, you know, whatever, whatever you like. I'm kind of little. thinking about experimenting with like a ribbon. Like if I can thin it out a little bit with some more, like maybe take some of the ice cream base and thin it out a little bit and then like stir it in as like a ribbon into the frozen ice cream. I'm contemplating that, but yeah. Um, yeah. I thought maybe you were just going to say you were going to shape them like little bunnies or something. <laughs> Well, fuck, that's a good idea. I don't know if just I have a bunny top. cutter. Yeah, just little, on top. little, little ears. <laughs> oh, I really like this idea. I got to see if I have a small bunny cutter. I don't know if I have anything small enough, though. It would that be TV, kind of it'd have to be yeah. small, yeah. <laughs> I do have a bunny mold that I could use. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. I'll mold some of them. See what that Would that be fun? We've got lots of ideas of how to shape our cookie dough for our cookie dough ice cream or just eating as little pieces of cookie dough. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. And so I get, we're moving into the kitchen. Yeah, it's time to go. Time to go in the kitchen after we've talked for, I think, most of the time we've allotted for this recipe. <laughs> but this should be pretty quick. This should take about five. <laughs> That's perfect. Now that my flour's in there, I'll set a timer for five minutes. Oh, you put it in? Yeah. Okay. I mean, just, I'm just, just put it in. Okay. 
perfect. <laughs> You're maybe 30 seconds behind me. So I've got my butter. So I actually went the extra step of deciding that I was going to use a little bit of toasted sugar, white sugar, and brown sugar together. Fun. Because, you know, it wouldn't be an episode of high gluttony without me being extra about something. Just mixing my sugars together a little bit here to get them, get them started. I froze my can of butter last night after I did try, as I talked about in the other can of quest, I tried whipping the butter just a little bit after it started to cool down, but like didn't take it as far as I did the last time. And it, it didn't work. Like it didn't, because I was just like, I'll put it in the, what's the word I'm looking for? Freezer. And hopefully that'll keep it together. So it didn't stay as nicely emulsified as the last time when I like completely cooled it down while whipping it. But I, I just didn't have the m- mind space to go through that much work yesterday. <laughs> it's just like, it doesn't matter. It's not as important as I thought. Butter and sugar. Yes. I'm, so I'm going to mix those up. I can't smell any flour yet. It doesn't smell like it's toasting too quickly. I'm wondering if maybe I've decided on too low of a temperature to do this on. But we are just trying to sanitize it, not necessarily actually toast it. Okay. But uh Shall we whip while we wait? Yes, please start. I have to add my butter. But you oh, okay. Mmm, <laughs> smells weedy. My timer's going off. Okay. Inspect my flour. Things are happening fast. Things are happening. <laughs> Things are happening. I mean, you obviously could just take this longer and toast it to, like, if you wanted a toasty flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Not I a bad just, thing. Yeah. But I think mine's probably hot enough so that it's killed anything that needed to die. Okay, so, I'll pull mine too. Then I may just lift my parchment paper actually off the sheet tray here that I've got. Okay. I'm going to stir it around on the counter so that it'll cool down a little bit faster. Okay. I don't know how to explain this, but it smells like baby, like baby to me. It smells like baby to you? Yeah. Huh. Maybe you, you would like to toast it longer. Maybe in the I future. I, I'm sure yeah. it's fine in the future, yeah. <laughs> now, the original recipe doesn't say to use a mixer, by the way. It also just uses the microwave to toast the flour because you're using like a tablespoon of flour. So it's like really silly to heat preheat your oven for that purpose. <laughs> but I wasn't sure how long it would take to do like a whole cup in the microwave. And I was just like, I'd rather just do it in the oven. Sure. Oh yeah, mine's cooling down really quick. So and it's almost I think it's almost cool enough to use. So I'm gonna measure my other ingredients. Okay. Into the bowl here. So I'm making an on-the-fly alteration. What's happening? I, I just added my milk and my vanilla extract and mixed those uh, in first before adding okay. my flour. <laughs> okay. Why not? I was worried because I'm using sprinkles that my sprinkles wouldn't have enough of a buffer. So I'm actually going to also put in my flour, mix it in a little bit, then add my sprinkles so that I love it. Okay. I'm going to do my milk then in my vanilla too. I want to do All right. it. Now I am in no way measuring my sprinkles in the least, probably about a quarter of a cup. So you put your flour in? Yes. Mine still needs a little bit to cool. Okay. And I'm done. Woo. Just like that. Just like that. Easy peasy. Easy peasy to be consumed and some frozen. Yes. Uh-huh. Nice job. Mm-hmm. What else do I want in here? I feel like it needs something. Mm. I'll put a little almond extract in mine. Just Ooh. for fun. Yum. 
because I also have two bottles of it, I discovered. So I'm like, <laughs> everything gets almond extract for a while. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot. Oh my God. What? I have these little leaf molds that you I bought for gummies. Molds? Yeah. And they're small. I'm totally to putting, it. I have to do it. I have to. You have to do it. It's a sign. I bought these like a year ago. <laughs> oh my God. You would definitely have to do it. <laughs> I have not used them. I was like, I'm going to make gummies. I have not done it. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Totally forgot about these. And that's a good size too, to like put into the ice cream if it works. That's perfect. How cool was your flower? Was there some warmth? To oh, it? there was still. Yeah, there was still some. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. it doesn't have to be so like super duper cool. Okay. Just cool enough. Cool enough for our cool standards. I mean, if you can touch it with your skin, it's probably okay. plenty cool. <laughs> I'm also going to make bunny ones, but they're, they're huge compared to this size. <laughs> I'm like, that wouldn't really be a good size to be on. Like I have to look for different bunny molds, I guess. Various sizes. Yeah. You could do one big one. I could. Mm. Oh my God. Too good. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a small problem with making your own edibles is that if you make them too good, it's a real problem. <laughs> right. Especially when I already could eat like a, pound of cookie dough without even thinking about it right yeah and I can just put these in a little Tupperware or something in little ball shapes to go in the freezer absolutely okay yeah I was just gonna like put some on a tray here before I found those molds so so cute perfect for high gluttony cookie dough exactly egg free exactly (laughs) so it's an egg free exactly is that what (laughs) yeah it's like did I really hear that (laughs) yes you did Gretchen you did yeah I did well I think we can probably leave it here folks because we've got our goodies I would recommend portioning them out in some fashion again not an ad for magical butter and I thank god I had it I'm so glad I didn't have to do four hours on the stovetop. So no. fun. I'm so glad we got to do this together. This has been a real culmination of things for us. Culmination, a good word to use. So you can find the, <laughs> the recipe for these things on our website, highgluttony.com. And then we will come like and share and follow on the uh, socials, Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on our Magical Butter Mystery Tour. That's perfect. Magical Butter Mystery Tour. I love it. Thank you so much, Gluttoneers. Thanks for joining us. We're having so much fun. We're growing. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Off we go. Off we go. Hi. Clap, clap, clap.